time for your Saturday morning coffee with Reese Boyd. So wake me up when it's Reese Boyd is on right now. Talk 94.5. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour 707 on your Saturday morning, Saturday, January 27th, 2024. Thanks for joining us here on the uh, big show. I am, of course, Reese Boyd, local attorney here in town with the firm of Davis and Boyd. I'm your Host on this excursion into broadcast, excellent, here at Saturday Morning Coffee. We invite you to sit down, pour yourself a cup of your favorite coffee. Join us as we talk about the news, current events, everything happening in this crazy world that we think we need to share with you. Joined here in the studio this morning, as always, by producer extraordinaire, Dr. Glenn Dye. Dr. Dye, how are you this morning? <laughs> Doing okay, buddy. I could have used a doctor all week. Yeah, huh? Dr. Dye's been a little under the weather. Yeah. You know, I've been a little under the weather this week. It's been it's been kind of a weird flu season. I haven't really, I didn't have the flu. I didn't have the flu either. Wasn't COVID, but yet no. I've just been dragging. You know, and when I did the COVID test, because I had a cold that turned into a sinus infection, but when I did the COVID test, I thought, these are from China. There's no way this is going to be accurate. This is you not going to work. No. This is not going to end well. No. Or, or they're all, everybody's going to test positive or, or negative. I, I have no idea. But, you know, the government was giving those away, so we all have them in our house. Yeah. Made in China. You can still get them. Yeah. yeah. All you got to do is request them. The government will be happy to send you something. They'll send you as many. Well, you know, the last time we, I think we got like a box of four. Yep. And I, I, yeah. And I'm like, I don't even want to, I don't even want to mess with this. I think they send you eight at a time. Yeah. It's like, are you kidding me? We have wasted so much money on this. We were talking about that on the Liz show, Liz Calloway's morning show here on WTKN Glenn this week. And we're trying to figure out, I made a comment. We were talking about this craziness at the border, the ongoing invasion. Liz and I were debating whether it's an invasion or not. I'm like, uh, debating? Yeah. Who? I, I, Who's, who's, well, you know, I agree with Liz about 99.9% of the time. Yeah. But she keep she kept, and I'm not, I'm not saying she was really arguing this position, but she kept saying, well, they're saying it's not an invasion because they don't have guns and tanks. I'm like, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Where is it written that you have to have guns and tanks to be an invasion? Well, it's not written in the constitution or, yeah, or uh, I would say, I would say it is an invasion, uh, whether they have weapons or not. There are people that have died because of this invasion, and that's enough for me. Absolutely, it's an invasion. Hundreds and look, of thousands. Look at the harm that it's doing, Glenn. Yep. Our, cities, our cities are a mess. Chicago is a mess. Yep. New York is a mess. Um, California is a wreck. <laughs> California is a is a political, cultural, social basket case. And Newsom <laughs> is the lead of that, and he sucks. They, I mean, just him opening his mouth. They absolutely suck yeah. to coin a, a trademark phrase um yeah it's, it's ridiculous and it makes no difference whatsoever i i used the example of talking to liz yesterday i said liz if if let's say hitler back during world war ii had control of of mexico mm-hmm. and let's assume he moved 100 million germans to mexico mm-hmm. or you know some incredibly large number of uh, people, he probably couldn't have moved that many, but nonetheless, he moved an incredibly large number, 20 million Germans, to the U.S.-Mexico border and then just walked across with them. Right. W- would we have let them come in? No. 
Okay, well, how is that different? It's not. Would, different. would that have been an invasion? It's not different. It's they're a, not armed. They're not in tanks. They're no no Panzers. They're just walking into Texas, Bo. We're here. Our, our leader is not doing his job. He's not protecting us. God. He doesn't care. Isn't it crazy? With the park down there, that they are basically battling over this entryway that they want us to, you know, Texas to remove all the wire. It's ridiculous. It is, it is absurd and ridiculous. I don't know where we went wrong except by electing Joe Biden. Well, that clearly was a mistake. Yeah. And I think that will be remedied. I think a lot of people think that their vote went the wrong direction for, you know, the people that voted for Joe Biden. And, of course, we, we, we have to talk about this today. I'm really disappointed with the Supreme Court. And the, and the opinion that they gave is not really the opinion that's being quoted by some. Really what they did is they just canceled the injunction uh, that the circuit court had given and put it back in the hands of the uh, of the district court and said, yeah, you know, you can snip the wire. But they also didn't say that Texas can't put up more wire. So I guess we can have, you know, one federal agent snipping wire and one Texas state ranger uh, rolling out the barbed wire as fast as they can and seeing, you know, who can who can do it faster. I don't, it's crazy. Glenn, when, when, and I don't even know what the Biden administration, I do know what they're thinking. There's a great clip uh, from Tucker that we'll get to, but you've got a, a president of the United States and with the apparent blessing of the Supreme Court, he's going to come in and and he's going to arrest his DOJ, mm-hmm. his Department of Homeland Security. They're going to come in and they're going to arrest Texas Rangers, Texas border security personnel who are there to defend the public safety, the territorial integrity of the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. They're going to arrest. They're going to they're going to arrest those people in the name of allowing free and unfettered illegal immigration into Texas from Mexico to continue? Right. That's the position? That's the hill he wants to die on? Oh, and the Border Patrol never uh, got the option to say yay or nay to the vaccination for COVID, yet all these people are coming in with who knows what. Who knows? You know Exactly. I mean, we already know that fentanyl, it's killing hundreds of thousands of people. Um, there's what 9.3 million illegals that have entered the country in the past three years, something well, to that effect. In my opinion, it's at least 12. There's a clip from Tucker that we'll get to on the program today where he says, in his opinion, uh, that number is closer, is north of 20 million. Wow. I see, it's at least 22 million. So, you know, but we were, as I was saying, we were talking on Liz Calloway's show this week about, you know, what was, it's, it's kind of hard to fathom. Uh, Glenn, what is the most harmful thing that's happened to the country in the last three years? And and we were talking about COVID and the pandemic and the lockdowns and everything that happened as a result of of that, or the 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 mass invasion uh, at the southern border. It's hard to say. Yeah. You know, it really is hard to say what is what is uh, the most damaging thing that's happened. COVID was certainly extremely damaging. We wasted a ton of money mm-hmm. on a bunch of stupid stuff like you said that we really don't need we didn't want didn't do any good and it was harmful um all these lockdowns have harmed our kids school lockdowns have harmed our kids in ways that we will be sorting out uh for generations for decades well and it's still happening chicago's moved kids into schools or i'm sorry uh illegals into schools and moved the kids out yeah so it's crazy in one school there's no gym anymore because it's full of illegal immigrants. full of illegals 
And and so, yeah, let's call it what it is. It's it's an invasion. It's silly to think of it in any other terms. And why Joe Biden would want to die on that hill, you know, I, and Tucker's got an interesting theory. I'll share that with you. But uh, it's crazy, Glenn. But we've got so much to talk about today. Of course, we, um, we'd love to hear from y'all. Uh, you can reach us on the um, text line, 843-798-8255. That's 843-798-8255. You can also reach us um, at the office of uh, Davis and Boyd, 843-839-9800, if you want to talk uh, about uh, show topics, other things during normal business hours. Not everybody's up for uh, a chat on Saturday morning. We got a mailbag up for the show. ReeseBoydSMC at gmail.com is the email address for Saturday morning coffee. Send us your show topics, questions, comments, uh, show suggestions. Love to hear from you. And also on the uh, X platform, formerly known as Twitter, the platform formerly known as Twitter, you can follow us by following at ReeseBoyd. Whenever we post a new episode of the podcast version of the show, you'll get an update in your X feed so please follow us if you would Glenn, we got a great show coming up today we've got to talk about the craziness at the border a constant who would have thought we'd have the opportunity to live through a legitimate constitutional crisis glenn literally i'm thinking to myself where does this stop do they it won't stop until we get new leadership he's proven that yeah i mean today the headline today i just uh, read he has stopped the uh, Biden halts enormous natural gas projects, handing victory to eco-activists. Uh, and they're going to stop it until a review is done. Are you kidding me? We are so ener- we were energy independent and now we're energy independent. It's nuts. Um, but, yeah, we've got so much to be done in this country. Uh, Glenn, is, and, the, and President Trump has alluded to this. Uh, whether the number is 10 million, 15, 20 million or 30 million, um, we're going to have to get Title 42 uh, back on the books, reactivated. We're going to have to get Remain in Mexico back implemented, catch and release, over. Yep. We gotta have to, we're going to have to quit releasing people into this country. I mean, can you imagine that that's what we're, we're, we're letting people show up. They're saying, oh, we want asylum. We're giving them a cell phone, mm-hmm. and we're releasing them into the interior of the country. We're flying them wherever they want to go. And then hospitals are going bankrupt because yeah. they can't afford it. I mean, it is truly, honestly, Glenn, it's almost as if the government is working against us. Yes, they are. 100%. It's almost as if, and I can't even believe I'm saying this, it's almost like the government is the enemy. Yep. I don't, I'm like, how do you, how do you resolve that? It doesn't compute. It makes know. no sense. But yeah, and uh, you know, we're talking about uh, just a, another thing that just broke late this week. Information that the uh, COVID uh, vaccines that the uh, CDC now knows that the myocarditis is a likely side effect of the vaccine, and they've got internal communications memoranda says, "Oh, we can't tell people this because the public will panic." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" I mean, the, the, have you done anything constructive? We're from the government, and we're here to help. Have you guys done anything constructive? in the last four years great show coming up folks we're also going to be talking to representative rj may rj is a member of the south carolina house of representatives where he represents district 88 lexington county we're going to be talking to rj about the south carolina freedom caucus and a perspective from the general assembly what's happening this year where uh, things are headed so stick around for that all that and more coming up on this episode of saturday morning coffee i am reese boyd that's glenn die don't leave town Cross, cross, uh-oh, this
Let me tell you folks about one of our favorite sponsors here at Saturday Morning Coffee. Of course, I'm talking about Conway Ford. Fine folks over on Church Street in Conway. We love all our sponsors here at Saturday Morning Coffee, but we especially love the great folks over at Conway Ford. Conway Ford is your hometown dealer, winner of the first president, the Ford President's Award, where you'll always find friendly faces, great selection, excellent customer service, and the best buying experience in the area. The Conway Ford buying experience is better than their competitors. They guarantee it. They're excited to have a great selection of all the Ford vehicles you've been uh, dreaming about. And uh, that includes Broncos, Bronco Sports, Ford F-150s, Mustangs. But that's not all. They've got Escapes, Edges, whatever you like. uh, They can help you find it and get into a great deal at Conway Ford. Uh, in addition to uh, great sales uh, and, and service, they uh, are now offering complimentary pickup and delivery service uh, for your service needs. So if you're in for the best uh, possible service experience around, you can also find that at Conway Ford. It's Conway Ford, Church Street in Conway, home of the best buying experience around. Look them up. It's worth the drive. And tell them you heard about it on Saturday Morning Coffee. Morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. Saturday, January 27. Thanks for joining us on this special episode of Saturday Morning Coffee. As promised, right now we are joined on this uh, episode of Saturday Morning Coffee by a member of the South Carolina House of Representatives representing Lexington County, District 88 in the South Carolina House. It's, of course, R.J. May. Representative uh, May is. Uh, a long-term uh, friend of the show. He's been on before. He resides in Lexington County with his beautiful wife and family. He is also the founder and owner of Ivory Tusk Consulting. And uh, he's been in uh, the thick of a lot of what's happening in South Carolina politics lately, especially in the General Assembly, as it relates to the Freedom Caucus. And uh, wanted to invite R.J. on the show to give us an update. Good morning, R.J. How are you doing this morning? Good morning, Reese. Doing well. What about yourself? Doing well. I want to thank you for sharing your Saturday morning with us. I know it's uh, a lot going on, and you got a lot of stuff uh, that I'm sure is uh, tugging at your schedule, so we appreciate you sharing your Saturday morning with us. Well, I'm happy to. Look, the people of, of South Carolina, no matter where they live, uh, deserve to know what's happening in the legislature, and I'm, I'm grateful for this opportunity to speak to the people of, uh, of Ulrich County and uh, uh, let them know what's going on underneath the dome. Yeah. Well, again, I've uh, you and I have known each other for many years. I always appreciate your candor. What is your take? I, I, I've heard a lot about the Freedom Caucus. I, I thought things were kind of going to settle down in this session. Uh, that was my impression earlier, and it doesn't appear that that necessarily is, is happening. I know there have been issues in the past about uh, loyalty oaths and, and things of that sort. How are things between the Freedom Caucus and the GOP Caucus in just in sort of general terms? Well, let me start by saying we stand willing and ready to work with uh, our Republican colleagues on issues that uh, will move South Carolina to more prosperity and freedom. Uh, but unfortunately, they don't seem willing to work with us. Uh, what we currently see right now is is a, a move uh, through dark money groups and, and through leadership directly, uh, courting lobbyists and special interests to raise more money to defeat the conservatives of the South Carolina House. Uh, just last week, uh, Assistant Majority Leader Jay West 
uh, attended a special uh, interest uh, meeting where lobbyists were in attendance, was on stage with the Democratic minority leader of the Senate, Brad Hutto, uh, and they both urged the lobbyists and the special interests in the room to raise more money to defeat members of the Freedom Caucus. Uh, so that's a kind of a small snapshot of, of, of where we are right now. Uh, we have had candidates recruited against us. Uh, there have been offers of $50,000 per candidate who runs against us as long as that candidate promises to, one, not join the Freedom Caucus, and two, blindly vote for the budget. Uh, we know this because multiple sources have called multiple people um, telling that that was the offer given to them. Uh, so there's you know a, a number of, of um, establishment recruited candidates running against the Freedom Caucus, uh, and I believe there's a number of, you know, good folks running as Freedom Caucus uh, candidates uh, in elections across the state, too. So, you know, it looks like this election in 2024 in June is, is going to be a, a watershed moment one way or the other. Um, and I, I think that's where we are. Now, on the legislative front, we've seen a number of things happen. You've mentioned the loyalty pledge. Um, you know, one, one of the things that happened after that is uh, government was weaponized against us through the ethics laws. Mm -hmm. Freedom Caucus was was unable to speak. We were unable to raise money. We actually had to sue in federal court for uh, First and Fourteenth Amendment violations. We ended up winning that lawsuit, uh, allowing us to have the same rights as any other caucus. Uh, and then, uh, most recently, a rules package was put forward that would have limited the number of amendments someone could put on the desk, would have consolidated power into the hands of two individuals, the majority leader and the uh, and the minority leader. Who, get, who would have been able to, to pick and pick 10 amendments each and throw out the rest. Um, those are rules that happened under Nancy Pelosi. Those are rules that stifle debate, that keep uh, conservatives' voices shut out from the, uh, from the debate. Mm -hmm. uh, because if anybody tells you that the, that the minority leader, a Democrat, or the majority leader, uh, who's basically a Democrat, is going to pick a Freedom Caucus amendment, uh, you're out of your mind. Uh, not to mention that Democrats have not earned the right to be on parity uh, with Republicans, because time and time again, the people of South Carolina have sent Republicans in larger numbers to the state house, And the idea that we would give them the same amount of influence or, or actually increase the power that they have in the legislature um, goes against what, what our constituents want. I mean, through their voice at the ballot box, uh, they have, they have declined the Democrats' influence, um, but yet we're going to propose a palace rule that shuts out conservatives and elevates Democrats. But now, uh, so the whole thing is bad. That, but that rules package was defeated, correct? It, it temporarily. Uh, it is still on the desk. It has not been read across yet. Um, so at any moment, that rules package can be read across, and we can take it up. So, if it is still on the desk, is there any way to? Uh, defeat it permanently to put it to take it off the table how is that how or, or what what is to be done yeah so uh, in the month of january uh we can change rules uh with a simple majority vote mm -hmm. after january it goes to two-thirds uh so it's a little higher bar um so if we get through january we've got uh the odds are, are better for us that that it remains defeated because uh, they would need two-thirds votes to pass it um but they can they can send that bill back to committee uh, and that would be almost a, a permanent defeat of that. Um, so far, they have refused to do that. Um, but my understanding is that they're, because of the grassroots calling, emailing, texting their legislators and telling them not to pass this uh, rules package, that a lot of the folks have backed off and have said that they couldn't vote for it. 
Um, now the question is, is, you know, do they try to run out the clock and squeeze it in on the very last day of January? I don't know. Uh, but, but I think, I think we've done a good job right now of putting the brakes on it. Putting the brakes on. Yeah. You know, I was at a political uh, rally not too long ago, RJ, and I, and I was speaking to some folks and I said, you know, what is, it seems to me that the Freedom Caucus should be the GOP caucus and the GOP caucus should be the Freedom Caucus. If you look at the GOP platform, it is a platform that embraces freedom, personal liberty, individual responsibility, limited government, constitutional limitations on the exercise of, of executive power, of any power. And, and yet we see the, 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 when the sausage is actually getting made under the dome, as you, as you, as you often put it, there's there's this constant give and take, this constant struggle between these people that want to limit debate, limit the opportunity to uh, you know to pursue uh, freedom and limited government. What I, I it seems to me the Freedom Caucus um, could ease, should be able, and there's nothing that would be inconsistent with the Freedom Caucus existing within the Republican Caucus and everybody caucusing together. And yeah, you guys are probably more conservative than some of the other people that we would have in the Republican caucus, and that's probably fine. But there shouldn't be this ongoing war between the Freedom Caucus and the GOP. I'm, I'm, I'm obviously missing something, though. Well, you know, you're right. When, when we were first kicked out of the Republican caucus for refusing to sign their incumbent protection pledge, uh, we said that they had removed the Republican wing of the Republican caucus. Uh, when you look at the Republican platform, those are the values that we're fighting for. I mean, we're not fighting for any you know wild ideas that yeah. mainstream Republicans don't embrace. Um, you know, limited government. Uh, for example, last year when we passed our budget, largest budget in the state history, grew by double digits. Not a single dollar from a single program was cut. Yet we have a Republican supermajority. And I thought Republicans were supposed to be about limiting the size of, of government and, and reducing spending. Uh, but that was a bridge too far for most of our uh, Republican colleagues. Uh, you know, I, I would point you to the ACU scorecards. Mm-hmm. Um, I would point you to uh, a, an American Conservative Union ACU. Yeah. They do CPAC every year. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a Center for Legislative Accountability. Uh, the Club for Growth does a uh, economic scorecard every year. You have the Freedom Index. You have the South Carolina Policy Council. There are a number of conservative groups who put out scorecards every year. The only legislators who score well on those scorecards are members of the Freedom Caucus. The only legislators to win the awards for conservative excellence and conservative achievement were Freedom Caucus members. The only legislators to score above a 90 with Club for Growth were Freedom Caucus members. The only legislators to score an excellent with South Carolina Policy Council were members of the Freedom Caucus. So there is a giant divide in the Republican conference, the larger members of the body that, that are Republicans, on what we believe and how we vote. Uh, that's that's just a fact. Sure. People, everybody wants to run as a Freedom Caucus member, right? They, you know, they want to lead with bold ideas on the campaign trail, but when they get into office, they fall back to pale pastel, uh, and that's the sad reality of it. Well, I think that what what that illuminates is that you guys are the true believers. You guys who actually embrace the platform, not just as a something to, to, to spiel out in the form of talking points on the campaign trail, but you actually embrace that as a prescription for governance and, and for American solutions, which is, uh, hello, McFly, that's what it is. Um, the whole right, well, reason, the whole reason to elect people who believe the platform is that the platform will be implemented. So, uh, well, the, 
the government, you know, the, the, the less government, the more freedom yeah. uh, is an easy way to boil it down. Hey, RJ, we're running a little long on this segment. Can you stick with us? There were a couple more questions that I wanted to uh, ask you. Have you got time to stick with us through a break? Happy to. For, yes, folks, sir. we're talking to RJ May, member of the South Carolina House of Representatives, also a member of the Freedom Caucus. And we'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. Stick with us. I'll be right, we'll be right back. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Do not leave town. Down to the banks on an old new car. She took a flatboat across the shallow, left me in my Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It's Saturday Morning Coffee on this uh, fine Saturday morning. We're talking to R.J. May, Saturday, January the 27th. Thanks, y'all. Thanks uh, for sticking with us here on the big show. R.J., we were talking before the break about kind of the ongoing saga with the Republican GOP caucus and the Freedom Caucus in the General Assembly. Thanks again for sharing your Saturday morning with us. Switching gears a little bit, there have been some legislative victories this year in the House already. I know we we had the uh, help not harm bill pass on um, on gender affirming uh, care, and um, so I thought that was uh, a very good thing uh, to see. I know that we've had uh, several bills. We had the Child uh, Online Safety Act, uh, which passed through the Judiciary Committee. I noticed that, so hopefully that's on its way to. Uh, uh, to being adopted. And by the way, the the House passed the Help Not Harm bill, as I recall. It's still got to make its way through the Senate, correct? That That is correct, yep. Um, uh, on those two bills, uh, uh, and, and then I'd like to discuss judicial forms if you have a second. Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. you know, Help Not Harm passed uh, last week. Um, it is over in the Senate. I would encourage everybody to call their senator, tell them to put it on the calendar. Uh, let's get it moving. Uh, there, there is one improvement that needs to be made to the bill, though, and that's parental notification. Um, so Freedom Caucus members attempted to amend the bill that would have required schools to notify parents if their child was being groomed at school. So if your student left the, left the house um, uh, as, as little Johnny, got to school and said, please call me uh, Julia, and switched clothes and went to a teacher and said, hey, you know, don't call me he, him, call me she, her. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wanted parents to be notified. Sure. Uh, that amendment was shot, that, that amendment was shot down. The majority leader stood up and uh, said, the, who's a Republican, said that notifying parents was a step too far. Uh, we, we can't make our school officials uh, do that. Uh, I, I think that is necessary in the bill. I think parents need to be informed about what's happening. After all, our kids spend the vast majority of their time at school. Yeah. Uh, you know, They're there for six, seven, eight hours a day. Um, I think it's imperative parents find out what's going on. So I think call your senator, encourage them to put in parental notification, encourage them to pass the bill out. Uh, you're right. There are two online bills coming next week. Uh, one is about social media access for those under the age of 18. And the other one is verification of age to access pornographic sites. Um, the eight, 
the the age restriction to access pornographic sites, I think, is a good bill. Um, you know, obviously, you have to provide an ID to buy alcohol and cigarettes and and sure uh, pornographic magazines if they even still exist uh, in the digital age. Uh, I think showing that ID, providing age verification to access that type of material is, is necessary. The the one thing I would caution about on the uh, uh, the age limit for accessing social media is mm-hmm. that they have put in a literacy uh, uh, social media literacy program uh, amendment to the bill. It, it is now the committee amendment. This would create a program where government would teach our children about identifying misinformation. So essentially setting up a ministry of truth to teach our students about what is right and what is wrong, uh, how to spot, you know, what is fake news. Uh, And my question would be, you know, let's go back to COVID, where people were saying that COVID leaked from a lab. We know today that that's 99.9% truth. So if we had this ministry of truth back then, were they going to be telling all of our children that this is fake? You know, your parents who think that yeah. this is that this is the correct you know way that COVID got out because they watch Fox News. They're just a bunch of bigots who who embrace con- conspiracy theories. Does that sound like where it's going to me? Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, what and, could what could that, possibly what could possibly go wrong? Right. Uh, yeah. Um, so, so so that's the one part of the bill that I that I definitely do not like. So that Green Caucus members are going to try to strip that out. The committee amendment would implement. A school curriculum, like a state office, or like would make it the responsibility of each school to adopt some sort of program for identifying uh, misinformation, disinformation. So, so the way the amendment reads now is that the Department of Education would uh, implement a social media <clears throat> literacy pilot program um, to uh, uh, figure out how to then put that program in every school. Oh, good. Again, what could possibly go wrong, RJ? Really, Um, Um, you know, the disinformation part is the worst about it. It also talks about codifying into law social and emotional learning as it relates to, uh, you know, SEL, Mm -hmm. uh, as it relates to, you know, social media viewing. Uh, So we're going to try and strip that part out uh, just because we don't think that the government should be the arbitrator of uh, what is misinformation and not. Uh, Oftentimes, uh, government gets it wrong, um, whether it's with. COVID well, or, or a number of other things. Well, they, they tried it at the uh, federal level uh, back during COVID, as you recall. They had the Ministry of you know Truth, and, and that lasted. That was short-lived and for good reason because, uh, well, you know, that's not, that's not the way. We, we don't rely on government to define truth. That's not, that, that doesn't well, work for us. Well, they actually tried this, uh, I think it was two years ago in the House. A Democrat by the name of Seth Rose uh, uh, put this provision, I, I, I believe it was a bill that he introduced, that actually got a hearing in, uh, hearing in committee. It got shot down, uh, but now Republicans have revived it two and a half years later and stuck it in this online safety bill. Hmm. Well, you know, it's a little off topic, uh, RJ, but you didn't hear. We were talking before you came on air this morning. Glenn and I were talking about if you look at what's happening at the border, and of course we're, we're talking about the federal government, we're talking about Uh, the Biden administration and their actions in relation to the state of Texas and what's happening at the border in terms of this ongoing uh, struggle, uh, uh, conflict between the state and the federal government, unbelievably, and the the federal government actually working against the interests of the people in Texas. And and when, and remember, um, 
when we're talking about the people of Texas, it's not the federal government working against just the people in Texas because thanks to the activities of uh, your, your federal government and flying people around, every state is now a border state. It's not just Texas. So the Absolutely. the federal government is now working against the interests of the people. Plus, we we you know we continue to learn things like going back to COVID. Uh, that they were literally suppressing truth related to the vaccines and the and the likely side effects and harm to be caused by the, from the vaccines. And now you've got the CDC CDC saying, "Oh, we can't tell people uh, that myocarditis is a is a side effect of the vaccine because they would panic." I mean, it, it's it's insane, RJ. But it appears the evidence would indicate that we've got a government that's actually not on our side that's working against us. I mean, I 100% agree with you, Reese. Uh, if if I was to implement a playbook on how to destroy our republic, I don't know if there was anything that I would change from what the Biden administration is doing right now. Yeah, it's uh, it's truly unbelievable. So, um, any other legislative uh, anything to be looking out for, to be aware of, upcoming in this uh, in this legislative session that people ought to know about? Judicial reform is one of the big ones. Yeah. Um, Senator Clymer has promised to filibuster all judicial elections except for the uh, uh, state Supreme Court, uh, where we expect uh, Justice Kittredge to elevate to the chief justice spot. Uh, other than that, he said he will filibuster every judicial election. We stand willing and ready to help him in the House. Uh, our judicial system, for those who don't know, uh, one of two states in which legislators select the judges. Uh, so that means you literally have lawyer legislators selecting the judges that they go and argue cases in front of uh, on behalf of their clients. Clear conflicts of interest, that needs to change. We need to go to a federal model. But but it's even worse than that. What we continually do is elect liberal judges here in South Carolina. Um, and, and one of the greatest examples of that uh, is James Smith. And if that name sounds familiar to you, it's because he was Democratic nominee for governor against mm-hmm. Henry McMaster. Yep. Uh, he was endorsed by Planned Parenthood. He was endorsed by... Joe Biden, um, he is the leading candidate right now uh, for a judicial position here in South Carolina with the support of the majority of Republicans. Um, there is no clear-cut uh, uh, you know, fact that he is a far-left Democrat uh, who we are going to elevate to the bench um, for, hmm. for reasons unbeknownst to me. Wow. Uh, but, but that's got to stop. Well, R.J., uh, we're heading into a hard break. We've got about 30 seconds. Is there any parting words that you want to share? And and uh, how, if folks want to follow you, how can they get in touch or, or follow you on social media? SCFreedomCaucus.com, uh, Facebook.com slash SCFreedomCaucus. If you want to run for office, if you're a conservative, send us a message. We'll put you in touch with the right people. Awesome. RJ, listen, it is so great to talk to you. I always enjoy having you on the show. Super informative. And listen, just keep up the great work you're doing. Continue to fight for freedom. And let us know what we can do to help you. Thank you, sir. Enjoy y'all's weekend. Thanks. Bye-bye. Folks, talking to R.J. May, member of the South Carolina Freedom Caucus and a member of the South Carolina General Assembly, District 88, Lexington County. Great to have you with, it, with us, R.J. Come back anytime. Have a great uh, rest of your weekend, by the way. Um, we'll be right back, folks, with more Saturday morning coffee right after these words from our sponsors. I'm Reese Boyd. Don't leave town. In a cave below the ground, way down, it's cold and it's dark. 
Nobody knows his way around And the mazes of the underground Are no match for him Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Respoid Radio Hour. I want to thank R.J. May with the South Carolina House of Representatives, South Carolina Freedom Caucus, for joining us here on the big show. What a, what a great guy. Yeah. Really enjoy R.J. I want to thank him for his time. And he is just, uh, you know, he's a true believer. Uh, Glenn, he, he, is a con- he is a conservative through and through. I met R.J. many years ago when he was working for the South Carolina uh, Club for Growth. Yeah. And just a great guy. Just really enjoy uh, talking to him and love having him on the show. It just, uh, you know, and I get it. Not everybody, I mean, frankly, there's people in the General Assembly who just don't understand some of the the nuances of the philosophical end of things. And I, and I get it that there's people out there who aren't always going to be excited about every conservative cause. But goodness gracious, if we could fill up the General Assembly with people who really believe what we talk about on this show every Saturday morning, Glenn, limited government, lower taxes, all the things that mean more freedom uh, for people. It's we the people. Government is supposed to serve we the people, Glenn. Why is that so hard to figure out? It's not. It's how have we (laughs) turned that on its head? I feel like it's the other way around. It's because we, as a country, we elected the wrong person. Yeah, and he's out to destroy us. But I think, I think the, I think the, you're right. I'll give you a little, uh, give you a ding for that. You're right. That's a big, big, big part of it. But I also think the picture is bigger than that. I think yeah. what we're on is a trajectory that started well before the um, election of Joe Biden. That was kind of the, the 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 coup de grace. But the 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 trajectory we've been on is we've been on it for a while. Uh, Trump one was a bit of a respite, uh, you know, a, a, a refresher, mm-hmm. but Obama took us, uh, way down the wrong path in the wrong direction. So, you know, one of the things I noticed Glenn was when we were, uh, we, one of the bills we were talking about with RJ was this help not harm bill. And, you know, th- this is the kind of nonsense, uh, sort of the leg- legislative, hijinks that goes on in in the general assembly and and elsewhere other states certainly goes it's not you know not just selective here in south carolina but they had this bill that said you know we were talking about the parental notification component of it. and of course the the bill is aimed at limiting uh these these gender modification surgeries mm-hmm. and various things they're doing to minors who are by on any other subject would be deemed too young to give informed consent correct but yet somehow we're going to call this other stuff, which is a few years ago we were talking about genital mutilation right. in third world countries. For some reason, when it happens here and liberal doctors pursue it, it's no longer called genital mutilation. It's called gender affirming care. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I, you can't you can't make this stuff up. But like they they had the bill, the help not harm bill, and they initially there were people in the um, in the general assembly that stripped all the they, they they said no we can't have civil penalties and they dis- explained why there could be no civil penalties they could not have criminal penalties, and then they stripped at one point they stripped all the professional licensure potential penalties for professional licensure out of it so. You've got a bill that says doctors shall not do X, Y, Z under the following circumstances. There's no criminal penalty. There's no civil penalty. 
And there's no professional licensure ramifications that can happen as a result of Brett. So what exactly is the point of having the bill? <laughs> Pointless. Yeah. It's just crazy. It really is. And, and, and you really wonder sometimes, you know, how these people can sleep at night, but they do. Well, uh, RJ would be the great guy to get a hold of if you want to run for office. Yeah, that's, no, that's he can. He can. He is a wealth of knowledge. He's a wealth of information. I encourage folks to uh, follow him on social media. He is a great guy. We always enjoy talking to him. One of the things I would say, Glenn, back to the business we were talking with RJ about about the border. You know, this is a constitutional crisis, and and one of the things I would say is Texas cannot back down. Mm-mm. Texas cannot back down to this tyrannical Biden regime, and of course. I'm really disappointed with the Supreme Court, their decision, but and there but there is a provision in the Constitution, and it says, and of course the typical, the conventional wisdom, what you're hearing is that it's the responsibility of the federal government to engage in foreign relations, um, war, peace, foreign treaties, all that. Uh, Article uh, 1, Section 10 says, no state shall, without the consent of Congress, Lay any duty of tonnage, keep troops, ships of war in a time of peace, or enter into any agreement or compact with another state or foreign power, or engage in war unless, and this is the key, unless actually invaded or in such imminent danger as will not admit of delay. And folks, that's the problem. There is an actual invasion uh, that has taken place and is taking place in Texas, and Texas has the right to defend itself. Sure it does. It's just as simple as that. The federal government did not create the states, folks. The states uh, created the federal government, and the powers not granted to the federal government was specifically reserved to the states uh, by the Tenth Amendment. So. Let me leave y'all with this bit of wisdom from the Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. That's Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. I want to thank you folks for joining us this week on Saturday Morning Coffee. I want to thank RJ May. You guys have a great week. Be blessed, and we'll see you next week for more Saturday Morning Coffee. Thanks for waking up with Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5.